future. What star is that? Peace to the planet Earth. You are now listening to FarsideTV.com. This is Bishop Chronicles. This is Side Life Radio. Welcome. Let me just be frank with all of you. If you're listening to this, it means I'm in London or somewhere in the United Kingdom recording amazing upcoming episodes on the UK Bishop Chronicles episodes. They'll be airing quite soon, quite soon. So thank you for tuning in. This will not be like the others. I'm going to quickly get into this because I have a plane to catch. Or actually, I've caught it and I'm chilling. So here's the deal. Going to jump into heartbeat props. This is where we give props to those that have, you know, looked out for us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I want you to take five minutes and call three people. Don't text them. Call three people and let them know why you appreciate them while they're here. You see all the mass shootings. You see all of the unfortunate things that happen day to day. Don't assume that anybody knows that you love them. Don't assume anybody knows that you care. Don't assume that anybody, quote unquote, gets it or should know. Shout out to my man, Leo Jones Jr. at Five Rings Jiu-Jitsu in Portland. I want to thank you because the way that you think about jiu-jitsu, bro, it helps me think better. The way you look at training, the holes, the things that people miss when they're rolling, that clarity that you share with me, it makes me a better jiu-jitsu player, and I appreciate you. Giving a shout out to my parents. Because we always haven't got along. But lately, we've been having some of the best conversations we've ever had. Individually and collectively. I appreciate you. I love you. To my student, Zach. I want to thank you for trusting me as your mentor. I want to tell you that I think you're so brilliant. I, I, I haven't met many kids as cool and as intelligent as you. As well traveled as you. And I know you're going to be a fantastic man taking over the world in 10 years. I can't wait to see who you become. I cannot wait to see who you become. But I appreciate you for trusting me as your mentor. And I already see you growing just from the few, you know, interactions that we've had. Uh, for people that don't know, I do one-on-one -on -one mentoring for teenagers and junior high school kids. Uh, that's it, though. Uh, I don't take them younger than junior high. If you're interested and you're serious, hit me on Instagram at Real Hip Hop Chess. And you have to live in the Bay Area. Well, you know what? That's not true. I would probably do some FaceTime stuff uh, or WhatsApp stuff on video. But it it it's best if if you live in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, you can hit me up and we can talk about that. I don't have a lot of spots open. I've actually picked up several kids and I'm honored about it, you know, but I'm not one of these people that's going to over, over burden myself with a bunch of kids trying to seem cool. I only have a few spots, but I appreciate you, Zach. You're the bomb. Um, as I told you, we are going to go over a different 
worksheet from my book, Bobby Bruce in the Bronx, The Secrets of Hip Hop Chess, every podcast. Uh, so last week we went over 3PA is greater than 1NT uh, from the book, Bobby Bruce and the Bronx. And now that was a short term goal planning uh, tool. And now we're going to look at a long term goal planning tool called the PPC code. Get your pen and paper out. Here's how it works. You draw yourself a triangle. At the base of that triangle, you write planning. Okay. On the ascending angle to your left, you are going to put patience. And on the descending angle to your right, you're going to put courage. So planning at the bottom, patience at the left, courage at the right. This is, one more thing, put an S in the center of that and circle it. That's success. You're going to take planning, patience, and courage. That's what this whole thing is going to be about. Planning, patience, and courage. Um, planning, patience, and courage. All right. So now that you have this triangle with the S in the middle, let's take a look at it. The reality is this. Planning is the root of chess and success in life. Patience is not waiting around for things to come to you. It is doing the daily unfun actions, homework, piano practice, tiresome drills that improve your martial arts, right? Those are the building blocks of long-term successful moments. Patience and practice become the foundations for the courage that we need to take advantage of great opportunities. Sometimes these opportunities truly only come once. So if you miss it, that will be it. Many people hope for big opportunities to come. And then when the opportunity does, they freeze out of fear or lack of preparation and they fail to take full advantage of the potential in that moment. Using the HHCF method of the PPC code will help you be able to develop realistic ideas of what it will take to achieve the things that you want in life. And I want you to want what you want in life. I tell people all the time, I want you to be the best you. I don't want you to be an MMA fighter if that's not what you want. I don't want you to be a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I don't want you to be a chess player champion if that's not what you want. I just want you to use these tools to be the best you and find the best you, okay? So, sit down and write these questions down. Where do you see yourself in five years? Once again, where do you see yourself in five years? Now, list the three consistent actions you know you will have to perform. Take a look at 3PA is greater than 1NT. For the next five years, if you plan to stand in the place you see yourself being in the future. Right. What consistent things are you going to do? Because everybody says like right now, if I say, hey, let's go ahead and uh, who wants to be a hoop player? Everybody going to raise their hand. Right. But right now I'm looking outside, man. It's it's San Francisco Bay Area, dog. It's cold and windy outside. Hella low ass fog. Ain't nobody trying to shoot hoops right now. But if it was the summer, everybody be out. You got to be willing to shoot hoops when nobody else wants to shoot. You got to be willing to practice jujitsu when there's nobody else around. And you got to just do drills by yourself. You got to be willing to practice your algebra when you really don't know what the hell you're doing, but you know you got to get through it so you can get to the next thing. All right? That's what the PPC code is about. Now, three, when you think about where you see yourself in five years, is there anything that you are afraid will keep you from achieving it? Is that thing something within you? Is it something that you believe is beyond your control? What actions can you take now to remove 
whatever obstacles you think are in your way. That, that is the PPC code. That is how you win for real. That is the next level of long-term thinking. All right? So embrace that. Write it down. Put it on a post-it. Put it in your journal. Hopefully your stoic journal. Right? And now it is time for another jujitsu haiku. As you know, I've been doing these jujitsu haikus for the last few shows, and I love it. Haikus are Japanese poems that are structured as such. Five syllables, seven syllables, and five syllables. They do not have to rhyme. I make mine about jujitsu because I love it. I, I learn a lot about myself from jujitsu. And so this one, I, I really try not to give any of them context. I just like to leave them out in the ether floating. Um, this one is about enduring pain and still finding a way to figure it out and be great. Mike, please, uh, last time I asked for a babbling brook, you know what, this time I'm going to let you choose the environment. Maybe it'll be a beach. Maybe it'll be uh, just uh, the winds and the high plains. You you figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's no instrument. I don't know. Or maybe there is an instrument I haven't thought of. I don't know. Here we go. <clears throat> a jujitsu haiku from the bishop. Enduring the pain. Find peace from the pressure. Diamonds shine from here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so what am I listening to? I told you guys I was going to start a lo-fi music list on Spotify, and I did. I did. So it's called Lo-Fi lo Reflective Beats. Check it out. Lo-Fi Reflective Beats. It's what I read to. It's what I do yoga to. And it's it's what I write. I'm writing my book again, like I told you. Um, and I write to beats like these. Finally... On the health talk, I want to talk to you about meditation. I've been telling you how it's been doing me so good. It still is. I guarantee you one of the main things I'm doing out in London. I'm probably meditating right now while you listen to this. But, you know, a really good friend who I have now, I just met him, but he's dope. And he's a meditator. And you know what? He has to get an operation for deep vein thrombosis because of so much sitting that happens when you're doing meditation. And so I wanted to talk to you about, um, this is why Kung Fu was created. Because Bodhidharma, also known as Ta Mo, as Riza likes to refer to him, which is also accurate, fully accurate. Ta Mo created the five animal styles because the monks were meditating all the time and they were getting weak, Right? Deep vein thrombosis happens um, when you sit too long and it affects some of the uh, serious arteries in your leg. You know, in fact, they say like the one of the biggest places that your body uh, pumps blood and replenishes itself outside of the heart are the calves. So you have to be active. I love meditation, but make sure that you get out there, that you sweat, that you move your legs, that you stretch, Right. And that you do activities that promote full body blood pumpage. Full body blood pumpage. You need it. Okay? Uh, I haven't really talked about books of the week in a minute. Uh, but I'm going to throw this book in there. Um, the Unfettered Mind by Taquan Soho. 
You should read it. I like thin books that are mind-blowing. And Takwan Soho was a Buddhist monk. And he... Man, this book always... I've read this book so many times. I just... Man, listen to what he says right here. Listen to what he says right here. One may explain water, but the mouth will not become wet. One may expound fully on the nature of fire, but the mouth will not become hot. Without touching real water and real fire, one will not know these things. Even explaining a book will not make it understood. Food may be concisely defined, but that alone will not relieve one's hunger. Takwan Soho, The Unfettered Mind. Cop it. It's on Amazon. Okay? I need to start a book list on Amazon of this stuff. I know. I, I Hopefully, by the time I get back from London, I'll set that up. But listen... Jumping into an amazing episode with my man, Anthony Thomas. He is a Kempo karate instructor here in the San Francisco Bay Area. He knows his hip-hop, especially battle rap stuff. And we have an amazing, fun, and insightful talk um, on these topics. Like the the battle mindsets from MCs and the battle mindsets from um, the actual fight game. Okay? dope enjoy yourself have a blessed one when i get back from the uk i'm gonna have some shows for y'all i'm gonna have some dope shows for y'all i promise much love have a blessed week stay positive peace to the planet peace to the world what's up it's adisa banjoko chilling as you know it's always about hip-hop chess martial arts i talk about all of that and i'm not alone there's hella people around the planet who feel me and that's why the podcast is growing and that's why we thank you now i have a special guest on today sensei anthony thomas and um he knows a lot about karate especially on the west coast you know what i'm saying he knows a lot about hip-hop so uh welcome to the bishop chronicles man how are hey, you Hey, man i'm glad to be here man i've been pumped pumped for this yeah 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 and i've been knowing you for a long time we actually met uh on the abu dhabi combat club uh forum. chat room like back in the day like they don't have that anymore they don't have the the adcc forum anymore nope. but in the early days if you into what is it ad combat yeah.com.com. Yeah, that's right. You would, you would go there and there's news and there's still amazing stuff from the Abu Dhabi Combat Club, but they had a forum. And so uh, that's how we met. We, we met talking in that forum and um, we've been cool ever since. And what year was that? Dude, that was like 99 or 2000. Yeah, that's what I feel like. Because yeah. I had only been in the Bay Area for like two years. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So where are you originally from, for those that don't know? From San Diego. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. <laughs> all right, all right. Now... Talk to the people about your style of martial arts and where it came from. Okay. Um, despite the fact that I've studied over the last 40 years or so, <clears throat> my main art is a Kempo Karate, which I learned from my father and my uncle. Um, they started back in the early 60s. Um, so it's kind of a family thing. You know, when people hear Kempo now, they think of Ed Parker out there looking mm -hmm. like he aged any Craig. Mm -hmm, <laughs> People mm -hmm. are going to be mad. <laughs> right, 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 right. I just right. don't care. Um, but decades ago, my dad's instructor broke away from him in the 50s because they had some serious philosophical differences about how the art should be spread, how mm -hmm. it should be used. For example, um, in the traditional Kempo, everything involved in stepping back. Mm -hmm. And my dad's teacher was a boxer as well. So stepping in and stepping to the side became way more important than giving ground just because of the psychological part of that. Right. So when 
they saw Ed Parker going that that commercial route, you know, they're like, "Now nah, we don't want to be a part of this." Right. And because of that, even though my dad's instructor Dave Cardenas is with, he has a black belt under um, Ed Parker and the Tracys, but they bro- we haven't been a part of a Kempo organization since the '60s. Like mm-hmm. we're just just not a part of that stuff mm-hmm. what we do we call it the way of simplicity which is more of a teaching philosophy than anything else and so yeah 40 years and counting as of 2019 so what is the way of simplicity the way of simplicity is a teaching method like you know how the gracies say that all jujitsu is the same but the way the gracies teach it is specific and, and it's true they have a curriculum that if you take it from hoist hoiler hicks on same thing right mm-hmm. the way of simplicity starts from the ground up footwork and movement over everything. Because if you don't know how to hit somebody hard yet or kick someone, you need to learn how to move and get away. It's not always in your best interest to engage a person. Mm -hmm. And people act like, oh, well, what happens if you fight a big old Muay Thai trained Samoan cat? I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm bouncing. Mm -hmm. I got nothing to prove. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My dad said, never be the bravest man in the whole cemetery. Right. So uh, the way of simplicity is a really refined method of Kempo. And it it focuses on movement on the ground, excuse me, from the ground up. So we don't stand flat footed. You know, when people hear Kempo, they pull up something on YouTube of some cat looking like he ate all the fries, mm-hmm. you know, with his fingers in the eagle position. Right, right, Clearly right. Clearly hasn't worked out since Moses was a Boy Scout. Right, right, right. But there's me, my cousin, my dad, my uncle. My uncle and dad are in their 70s still training mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a philosophy about movement first. Um uh, we focus on body punching more than punching the face. Okay. And that's well, what's that about? <clears throat> well, for one thing, the body is a bigger, softer target. Everybody's a headhunter. If you're a boxing fan, you saw what Julio Cesar Chavez did to people. Right. And if you kill yeah. the body, the head will die. That's what we say in the martial arts world, right? <clears throat> we condition our knuckles, knuckle push ups every class. So, I mean, you know how it is. You see me hit yeah. something in the back of my hands. Yeah. No, Most absolutely. people, especially these days who aren't working out, you sink two knuckles into their stomach, yeah, especially into They're the liver. Go down. Yes, it's a wrap. they do the broken the broken vacuum sound. They just mm. and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and down they is. go. So that's what it's about: refined uh, refined attacks, uh, movement, footwork, you know, head movement. Mm-hmm. That's what the way of simplicity is about. So, what was it like for you um, growing up in San Diego? What was the training <clears throat> like back then? Oh man, it was. I was lucky because even though I started in the late 70s, mm-hmm. I called that like the bronze era of martial arts. The mm-hmm. golden era was when the servicemen came back from like Korea and Vietnam. They brought the real brought deal. Stuff, right. that, was the do- that was the dungeon dojo right, days. Right, so those right. fools were like, there were no women, no kids. Just going it was hard. 18 men and up, you know, men 18 and up that were servicemen that just right. went in there and just, they weren't trying to hear belts. Just they were trying down. to squab, yeah. And then the generation after them was mostly the same, but right about the early to mid 70s is when the commercial idea of martial arts started spreading Mm -hmm. because when people would see what martial arts did for these men they were like well I want my kids to be what you are and then they started commercializing it a little bit Mm -hmm. and then by the early 80s it was just garbage so the way I learned is like the last of a dying breed kind of way they don't even teach that way anymore because when people hear Kempo they think oh you mean what I saw it's like no it's not that it's very different they used to call Kempo the art of overkill if you mm-hmm. look at the katas it's like you kick him down you stomp him you rake his eyes you keep going and keep going so it's not it's nowhere near as vicious as it used to be because people are trying to appease you know little Johnny who's horrible at football <laughs> right, right, right 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 and he and needs an activity besides yeah so it's 30% of what I learned is 
I'm comfortable saying that 90% of Kempo schools are garbage. Mm. And the ones that aren't were in the West Coast, and especially down in Southern California. The uh, BKF schools, Black Karate Federation, the Pachecos, mm-hmm. uh, Beanie the Jets, mm-hmm. uh, UKF. Yeah. Those guys were bangers. Like, mm-hmm. there was no doubt. They could so, do it. Yeah. The Bill Wallaces and the Mike Stones, no disrespect, but their fighting changed when they had, when they had to fight us. Mm. And my dad can tell you what it was like. Jim Kelly, my dad mauled him when they fought. Interesting. Yeah. And there were people that weren't allowed to fight the, the established champions. Mm-hmm. So I learned the good old-fashioned way, thank God. And mm-hmm. I'm still pushing that out there. So. Now, where do you teach now? Where, if someone wants to train with you and learn from you, where can they where Oh, can man. Uh, I usually teach at corporate sites, Kaiser, Oracle, Roche, mm-hmm. Viva, Workday. But I do mostly small group training mm-hmm. or even a, you know one-on-one if it's necessary. But mm-hmm. my bend is always self-defense first. Because if you can do self-defense stuff, all the sportive stuff is a step back in terms of uh, difficulty. Okay. If you're okay. training someone to only... It's more mindset than anything. Mm-hmm. I tell people, if I have to lower myself into get into a street fight, I'm thinking kill. Mm-hmm. Because you can think kill, and once you realize that killing that person isn't necessary, you ramp back to injure, then to hurt, mm-hmm. then to evade, whatever the case may be. It's near impossible to go from, I'm just going to beat this guy up, to, oh my God, he doesn't just want my wallet, he, right, wants, he wants my, my life. life. It's yeah. almost impossible to ramp up in the middle of a fight. So. Better be overprepared than underprepared, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for most people, I teach um, individually outside of my corporate sites or small groups. I, I keep going back and forth about the idea of a school, man. Uh, it just, uh, you know? Yeah. I just feel like there aren't enough kids who are serious enough about it. Like, you know, but we live in the participation trophy era. Right. Where people, that makes it harder. I want, you know, my kid went to Master Kim's and he's been a black belt in two years. Yeah, that stuff is scary. That stuff is scary. I remember one time I was at a um I was at a street fair and um there were these 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 kids on stage and they were breaking like the prefab boards, you know, the boards that, yes. are, that are already had kind of have the cuts in them, right? Yeah, they look like little jigsaw pieces. Right, right, you know what I mean? So they were doing the the the, the show and all these, you know, 12-year-old black belts were out there doing their thing. And then one of them, this is this is funny. I got witnesses uh one of the kids uh he he kicked out a board and he did not break it. So they're like, all right, kick it again. So we tried super hard and he kicked it, and a piece like flew out into the crowd like <laughs> like a fragment, and I caught it. I caught it. Are you serious? I caught it. I, I reached up and I caught it, and because you know everybody's like, oh, like kind of ducking and yeah. like, you know what I mean. And I just reached up and like, Ding. and then everybody was like, whoa, that dude caught it. And then they were like, what does he do? I was like. I do jujitsu. <laughs> it was like that was like the coolest. That was like the, I was like, yo, please tell me someone filmed that. That's you know the best saying? setup of all time. <laughs> like, dude, when like, all you sorry yeah. karate and taekwondo punks ducked and hit it for your life, and then a jujitsu guy just grabbed it. Guy just grabbed it in midair and you know looked saying? at people. It was it was so cool. It was so cool. <laughs> but I mean, I think the thing is that like it's hard, right? Because like as a, as a parent. Like you want your kid to have fun, you want your kid to 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 be healthy, and all that stuff. But you still want the stuff to be practical, and I think that's really where the problems in modern martial arts for kids are. Is like is 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 like you know, I, I think as a parent, you know, obviously I'm biased towards jujitsu. But if I wasn't gonna have my kid in jujitsu, I would probably have them in judo. Mm-hmm. Boxing, 
Not even kickboxing. Just yeah. boxing. Boxing. And <clears throat> maybe wrestling or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, you know I, mean? I just feel like a lot of stuff has cultural value and it has health benefit values. But we just I just feel like we live in a crazier time. Like we do. We live in a crazier time. Like I wouldn't care if my kid took a martial art that didn't really work if the times weren't so nuts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yo, soak up the culture, da da da. But like if you feel like your young daughter may need to really defend herself and you look, they just did an article on how crazy Bart is these days. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Do you, do you and then you that? see like the the what was the the girl who who was stabbed to death on the bar and then you started doing some some uh, some events at the at yeah, the talk uh, about that talk talk about that uh, Nia Wilson yeah she Nia was Wilson. stabbed to death on Bart eighteen year old girl a bunch of cats um, saw this and this man made it off that train alive that was unbelievable <clears throat> I'm saying can you imagine seeing that and and what I heard people saying was oh well you know. People are so shocked. Yeah, you know, you can stomp a full out while you're shocked. You can be... Or at least you can jump them, bro. Throw a, Come on, throw man. a you backpack at them. People carry them big old bags. Yeah, and I these. would hit somebody with my backpack, yeah. bro. It would have went down, bro. Like, I just couldn't believe that myself. Like, And I was asking myself, like, man, like, I'd like to believe that if I was there, I wouldn't have watched that, man. And yeah. I, I wonder about, like, the 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 minds and hearts of the men that were on that train that day. Like, how do they get up and look at themselves? Bro? None of them are worthy of the name because she killed, he killed her. He also stabbed her older sister a number of times. I know. So that's a whole lot of stabbing and no reacting. It's unbelievable, man. That, like, that still, like, re- messes me up. And so talk to me about the events that you did for Nia Wilson and how that went. Well, I was hosting, the, and this is the crazy part, man. I was hosting this event called Brown Girl Defense, mm-hmm. and people were asking me, you mean if you're not a brown girl, you can't come? I'm like, it's not that you can't come. Anybody who wants to learn self-defense can come. It's just that I'm not particularly talking to you mm-hmm. because... And you're not the is, ones getting stabbed on the trains. Keeping it in a hundred, and the police care about what happens to you. Right. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, people are assaulted every day in certain parts of the country, and the cops are like... Well, we'll let you know if you find something. Yeah, they ain't looked true. time once. Right. Right? But remember that, that young co-ed that was killed down in the Bahamas a number right. of years back? They yeah. had half the U.S. military and yeah, all scouring that looking for it. Yeah. yeah that, and that, as well yeah. there should be. But the point is but that... all girls should have that kind of response absolutely. and they don't. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, a bunch of so-called men were sitting there as a girl was stabbed to death. A girl, 18 years old. She that may have been horrible. legally, though, she was a baby. And none of them, all of them should have a nightmare still. But here's the messed up part, man. Despite all, I was on like a radio show and all this stuff, dude, people are not showing up for it. Mm. I'm like, I don't know what to tell people. It's kind of like, some people, I guess they don't see the value in it. It's like, I just don't understand that thing. And you would, <laughs> you would think in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a world where like half the, half the, half the, uh, the content on Instagram is is black girls fighting. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, I, I, I'm obviously starts, yeah. joking about half, but I mean, like, you know, that's what a lot of kids watch. But then you can't get them to come out and actually train to defend themselves intelligently. Right. And this is crazy, man. Even though I was raised my whole life in Kempo, I've told people if I could choose one art for everyone, it'd be judo. Mm-hmm. Especially for girls. Because, Especially for girls. Because when people square up on women, you know, it's always a smaller girl. Mm-hmm. And it's that, oh my God, I froze for a minute thing that gets them hurt. Mm-hmm. You grab a girl in judo, she's like, oh, the party's just getting started. Whoop. Yeah. And, and in fact, people, <clears throat> if, if you don't believe what he's saying, 
Go to a judo tournament wherever you are in America. And when you look at the the girls, especially I would say between like nine and like like 15, they are super dangerous. Especially watch the boys that have to go fight those girls because when those boys go out, they're super tentative. They're hesitant because they know once a girl is comfortable being grabbed, She's she's gonna launch you, man. She's gonna launch you. I've seen so many girls like make dudes fly. Dude, look on um, you can go on YouTube right now and look up um, African woman throws man mm. this, down the street. Did this dude pushed her? He went to push her again. She dropped me. Cell now got him on the concrete. I'm on the asphalt, like right. on the street. Right. Knocked your boy and his two front teeth he is was out. out. Dude, it was so bad. He scorpioned his like the back of his feet touched the ground. No, <laughs> he, he really got slammed. First. He she really dropped knee cell knocked him, dipped him on his grill piece. He was out so long, she was the one that checked out. I'm like, ooh, is I might have right? killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Judo requires close quarter combat. And once yeah. you get comfortable in that, most yeah. people are so unskilled in ground fighting, even to this day, even yeah. though they've seen a couple MMA yeah, matches. Yeah. and They still don't really know what to do yeah, they still and think, how it's done. I'll just get you in the guillotine, bro. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. I'll just hold your wrist until yeah, your arms burn goes. out. And, yeah. then, and then what? You know, it's, it's judo, I think, works well for everybody, especially the breakfall aspect of it. Yeah, just the safety. Yeah, that, but. That part of being safe. The <clears throat> thing about it, though, is that I've told, I'm teaching this spot now where all the children there are the children of immigrants. Mm. And the, the mindset is so different. I'm like, the class is hard. It's difficult. They're sweating. They're tired. Right. The parents are like, good. This is what we put them in this class for. Mm. The, the, you should enjoy the training, but I'm not there to entertain you. Right. I've had parents. When I ran a school years ago. This lady took her kid out of my class because her kid got punched in the face. Mm. They had gloves on. They had pads. I was right there. Mm-hmm. She said, it hurt. He didn't like it. So he wants to quit. I said, you and I spoke about the benefits of martial arts. Right. We went through the list. We agreed right. this is a good idea, but you're going to let him quit. Right. I said, one, that's a bad message. If you don't right. like something, it's hard you get to quit. Right. And two, this lady put her son in soccer. Like, people don't get injured in soccer. They get mashed in soccer. Way worse Knees, in soccer. But just faces, the, shoulders. I said to the, to the lady, I said, you know, your, your kid doesn't want to do his homework either, but you make him do it because you know it's good for him. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, that's different. I'm like, all right. I, I had nothing. Yeah, you let just, it go. Here's a question. Changing gears, but still talking about martial arts for sure. What would you say the state of karate is in mixed martial arts right now? It is, it's weird because it's visible, but not really. I hear people say stuff to me like, if Kempo works, why don't we see it in the cage? I said, they call punches, stupid. Kempo literally means fist law or law of the fist. They thinking about some dude standing there in the eagle stance and getting tackled in the mm. old days like uh, um, Fred Edish. Or, right, right, and he right, was right, the right. laughing Fred stock Edish. of MMA. If you guys ever look up Fred Edish. UFC 2. And fetal fighting. <laughs> Remember when you see yes. those are the early MMA memes. Remember the fetal fighting yes. memes? That was horrible. Fred Edish, man, that poor guy. And actually, was... don't look him up because he's probably would be happy to be forgotten. But you know, you know what I mean? What, He'd though? be happy to be forgotten. I've saw some. I've seen some interviews with him like ten years later, and he was like, "Yeah, but see, there's a part of that they don't understand. He wasn't expecting to fight. That fool was doing errands for Horian ten minutes before, and they're like, okay, go fight.' He's like, "Wait, what?'" And they really? threw him That's out crazy. there. Yes, he was out there ruining errands and stuff as a maybe, maybe, maybe alternate. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're up in 10. Wow. He wasn't prepared for that. Now, granted, if he showed up, he should have been prepared for handled. that. But he got handled. 
So, <clears throat> and then there's that dude in UFC 5, Redkin Mankayo, who got kicked in his chest by Patrick Smith. And then there's that dude, that Oleg Tektatov, whose head he almost pulled off. Yeah. <clears throat> but the thing about that is, that Kempo is in no way, shape, or form like did what Keith I Hackney learned. do Kempo? Yep. Yeah. And he gave Hoist his, his hardest fight at the time. He did. Right? And even he, he doesn't do Kempo the way I understood it because right, he had right. terrible footwork. Right. And the fact that he was out there with a Metallica sleeveless on some weightlifter pants. Come on, dog. That was Come hilarious. On, <laughs> but when you talk about karate, though, people don't talk about Lyoto Machida's karate. They say Joe Rogan said it. And these other guys like, oh, well, he's like that because he studies Muay Thai. I said the fact that he kicks with his feet. The fact that his stance is his so stance wide. His stance is karate stance, though. Without a doubt. You, when he beat Rashad Evans, remember he snatched his lead, hand, ha- yeah. his lead hand down and hit him with that reverse punch? Yeah. We call that the over-under. We've been doing yeah. that right off the California Blitz right, or the right, West right. Coast Rush. We've been doing right. that for decades. Um, the fact that he was throwing cross-step punches. Right. The fact that he's throwing ball kick to the face. Ask Vitor Fel- Belfort. Right. Ask Randy Couture. He did a jump, switch, front kick and sent Randy Couture... Hall of Famer into retirement. Yeah. Look at Steve Wonderboy Thompson. That's not Muay Thai that, that teaches him how to move that way. Mm. But people forget about that. They go, oh, well, you know, well, they're different. They do Muay Thai. They just kind of throw it off. No, they don't. Yeah. Steven Wonderboy Thompson runs a Kempo school currently as he's training. His father's a Kempo guy. All this kind of stuff. Now, the people he trains with may be Muay Thai guys because they're more likely to be doing full contact mm-hmm. striking. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the way he moves, and they've broken it down on YouTube, the way he steps up on that 45, mm. classic, classic Kempo. But when people see it, don't even know what they're seeing. They don't know, they yeah. don't know where it comes from. So karate, um, Conor McGregor, Gunnar Nelson, there's a lot of karate guys, and not a lot. There's very skilled karate guys in MMA, in the UFC in particular in this case, but people right. act like it's not karate because... They still because they just don't know it, probably right. And I I absolutely have to admit that I don't know, yeah, Kempo when I see it. I don't, uh, neither do most of the people that practice it, so allegedly. Because if you're out there with your hands not covering your face, or if you got your heels touching the ground instead of on the balls of your feet, if you're backing up in a straight line, if you're not cutting angles on 45, you don't know Kempo. That's those are the quintessential and the perennial tenets of it fast moving off angle striking, right. And people don't do that. You don't see, um, well, you do see karate sometimes, but people don't think about it as such because it's like jujitsu. They weren't leg locking anybody until they started getting hemmed up by Sambo guys. Then all of a sudden, mm. these guys are leg lockers, but they say, oh, but we do jujitsu. Right. And then, but if you see a Sambo guy using the guard, they say, oh, he got that from jujitsu, as if somehow they didn't take anything from Sambo. Um, Caesar Gracie told me that he worked out with the Sambo guy once and taught him a bunch of leg locks because they have crazy combinations. Right, right, right. And it's cool. Like, remember when people would be trying to get arm locks and if they couldn't get the guy's hands, like Juju Katame, to unlock, they start hammer fisting right, downward. Right, right. Where in Muay Thai do hammer fists live? Mm. Zero places. Mm. Uh, when Edson Barbosa that spinning back kick and knocked out Terry team, mm. Muay Thai doesn't have spinning back kicks or side kicks or thrust kicks. That's karate stuff. Yeah, that's deep. So it's there, but people don't want to call it what it is because they don't want to say they got beat up by a karate guy. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> that's like karate, exactly. like, like with a question mark. Exactly. Right? But I thought karate was some dude breaking raggedy prefab yeah. Yeah. boards. Yeah. Yeah. So Same. now let's 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 transfer over to hip hop. Okay. You know, obviously a big part of like why we met was martial arts and stuff like that, and obviously 
coming from the West Coast, we 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 grew up around a lot of the best hip hop in the world ever. Don't trip. Uh, it's just our blessing to be born when we was born. It's nobody's fault. Um, <laughs> but the question is, tell me about your early memories of hip hop in San Diego, because that's not something I know a lot about. So, like, Dude, tell me about that. The crazy thing is, like, up to this day, I think there's only one person that came out of San Diego that people know. For real, and that's like J.O. Felony. Man, I was just talking about him a few shows back because I really love, I love him as an artist, period, but I love his verse on uh, Got Beef with Snoop. Yeah. I love that verse. And then, I love that verse, man. Yeah. But he's got a lot of bars people sleep on. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, San Diego, as it pertained to the hip-hop scene, was L.A.'s ugly, you know, L.A.'s ugly little brother because yeah, N.W.A. was there, Spice One, you know, well, Spice One was from up here. He's from my, that's yeah, right, but yeah. he did so a lot the of LA stuff. LA and the Bay. Yeah, it was yeah. LA and the Bay like made it hard for San Diego to show. For sure. So you're talking about NWA and Ice T, which people don't think about as a progenitor to gangster rap. Yeah, that's they true. Just, he was he he was before this NWA. Is the six man. Man, him yeah. and King T. You know him and King T. Act a fool. Yeah, bro. And uh six in the morning. Yeah. Like I saw you post that the other day, and I was like, police at that my was door. Hard, bro. Fresh Adidas sneaking across yeah. the back room floor. They don't know nothing about that. So no. San Diego went to L.A. or it kind of filtered down because mm-hmm. there was a radio station that didn't start. It started getting clear in San Diego about San Clemente, which is kind of the northern county part. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a whole lot to do. But if we wanted to see real hip hop, they always had shows in San Diego, though. Right. So, um, you know, Too Short and all those guys, all the big names from the West Coast went to San Diego, to Sports Arena. Right. All this kind of stuff. So we just kind of rode the back of the, uh, LA wave. of the L.A. wave. First time I heard MC Hammer, I heard uh, Turn This Mother Out, and I saw the video, and your man was rocking gazelles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't act like you didn't see it. And then Pump It Up with Oaktown 357. Yeah. I saw that in San Diego, and I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. And I remember I heard somebody asking if, if I knew who Mick Hammer was. I was on the floor. I'm like, what? MC Hammer, chief. Yeah, I'm like, on, Mick Hammer, stop yeah. it. Stop That's it. Hilarious. That's hella funny. <laughs> Mick Hammer. So, you know, when you started seeing groups like the Wu-Tang Clan and others that were fusing like hip-hop and martial arts, like like J. Ru the Damager. Yep. Like, tell me about... How did that make you feel as a practicing martial artist? Dude, I felt like I had died and gone to heaven. Because I used to watch the Shaw Brothers films in San Diego, if anybody knows, on the USA Network, back when it was Channel 2, from 1 to 5, they had a Kung Fu Theater. Mm. It was two raggedy shows, plot-wise. All horrible. They were horrible. Always horrible. Come they on, were son. And horrible. it was the same dude because he used the same voice. Yeah. How dare you challenge me? Yeah. There was three plots. My style is better than your style, so I got to come roll you up. You killed my teacher, so I got to roll right. you up. Or when I was out studying, bandits came and burned down my village. Yeah, so now I, I found get that them redemption. and go roll them up. That was yeah. the two Shaw Brother films. Me and my dad watched them, Kung Fu Theater, over and over, eating Crunch a Munch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, when yeah. I saw Shaolin versus Wu Tang excerpts, excerpts, I was like, ooh, this is it. And yeah. I was hooked from the first time I heard Protect Your Neck. Yeah. I was like, for you youngers that ain't never had a tape before, I wore out my tape. That what was, up? Yeah. <laughs> Cassette tapes, you know what I'm saying? Ancient technology, boy. Ancient technology. I think the pyramids had cassette tapes inside of them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so when I look at like, when I look at like the landscape of like hip hop and martial arts, the main reason that I've always believed that 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 connectivity is there is because of the of the element of battle. You know what I'm saying? Of right. battle. 
you know because like it's only when you really have to put it on the line that you know what you're capable of that you yep. know what what your opponent is capable of and 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 things like that so like uh i know you're a fan of different battle mcs uh talk to me about who your favorite battle mcs were maybe back in the day and then let's talk about like stuff now like we'll start with this one on wax did you like LL Cool J or did you like Kumo D? Kumo D, man. I think let's go. Are you serious? Yes. Want me to get him? Well, I got him. My mouth is a Uzi and I shot Oh, dude, let's go. Are you kidding me? Yes. I'm so disappointed no, in you. No, sir. He said, how do you, you feel And like- you know what? I got real beef because <laughs> Peter Goldman. Dr. Pete, what up? <laughs> Dr. Pete is a staunch, unflinching supporter of Kumo D. And if anyone knows me, <laughs> anyone knows me, they know... That Kumo D, in my opinion, got utterly destroyed no, lyrically and production-wise by LL Cool James, bro. Man, sir, James Todd Smith did not win the battle. Are you kidding me? No, sir. He came out there, first of all. He needs to stop licking his lips. But we ain't going to talk about that. Bruh. He asked how he felt about Jack the Ripper, and Kumo D started laughing at him. And then he took those L's and broke them down. He said, I took your name, put it on your head, and rocked your bell, sir. He took the L's and just... No. And then he did Death listen, Blow, sir. Listen, Come listen, on, it's like listen. beating a dead horse. First of all, Death Blow is a garbage song. Come on, let's, son. Let's be honest. And Dr. Pete, you've heard me tell you that. Death Blow had some decent, and I mean decent, bearable bars here and there. <laughs> but first of all, Jack the Ripper, bro. Let's just be honest. How you like me now? I'm getting busier. I'm double platinum. I'm watching you get dizzier. Check out the way I play my, display my fame. I cool in the back using the J without the A Y. I'm not saying that. I'm <laughs> not saying playing, that he's bro. unskilled. I'm saying stop playing, bro. Stop it with the jumpsuits. Quit licking your lips. And for the people who may not know this, the reason he started lifting weights is because in San Diego, he may or may not have been busted in the chops backstage by somebody in the G-Funk unit in the early days. <laughs> yes, sir. Warren G may or may not have socked Illa Kuja in the mouth backstage at a concert. I'm calling shenanigans no, on that sir. entire thing. Come on, I'm calling son. shenanigans no, on that sir. entire thing. Warren I'm not G threw it. punches and LL Cool J caught him. Not, <laughs> not only am I not buying it, you should not be selling it, sir. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I will be investigating this. Please. I will be investigating this. Ask anybody over the age of 40 why LL Cool J was in there pumping iron. It's because he realized two things. Yes, I can rap. No, I can't dodge punches. I heard that he did get hemmed up in L.A., uh, I mean, not in L.A., in uh, Oakland. Oakland back in the day. Sir, a lot of people got to end up in Oakland back in the day. Yeah, he, wouldn't, he wasn't the first. A lot of people thought that MC Hammer was the guy on TV, not realizing he's from he's e- connected. E- he's East connected. Oakland. Yeah, he's connected. The fact that he called Red And Man, he can box. You know, um, yes. I've seen him a bunch Holyfield of credits, like, I think there's a certain punch. I don't know if it was an uppercut or whatever, but he credits one particular punch that he has was refined by MC Hammer. That's a, that's a true, that's an actual fact. Bro. Yeah, I tell people, ask uh, Redman did an interview saying that uh, MC Hammer's brother called him and told him there'd be no more disrespecting of Stanley Kirk Burrell. And wow. Redman said, yes, sir, okay. I will call. Yeah, because he was just messing with them, you know, right, just trying right, to get right, some right, stuff right. going. Stanley Kirk Burrell's older brother called him and said, that's going to cease immediately. He said, yes, sir, it is. And that there was it. it. So... Wow. Back to this ladies love 
Cool James. Cool J house him. House him with, with Jack the Ripper. First of all, the production is not comparable. I'm not even going to talk. Okay, yeah, I'm not you. talking about okay, that. Okay, so b Lyrically, though, he gave it to him on Jack the Ripper. Second of all, he made that second Jack the Ripper. Was it? A, no, it wasn't a second Jack the Ripper. There was a second Jack the Ripper. But really, to the break of dawn, where Cool J took 16 bars for uh, 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 Modi, another 16 for Ice T, and another 16 yeah. for Hammer. That was fresh. That was okay. that was that was impressive. Kumo D said, "Live in limbo, lyrical lapse, low life with the loud raps, boy." Now, I, <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, listen to "Let's Go Again." He said that boy's phony like a three dollar bill. Yes, and this time I shoot to kill. Just like a sucker, you took the bait. Now you're laying like a fish on my plate too late. Come on, son. <laughs> Come no on, way, son. Man. None of that. that, oh, that. Those are all those those are all weak blows. I don't those have enough thumbs weak. to point downward this about this horrible, situation. Bro. I can't even now I thought, see, it's funny because I really thought, because I respect your opinion in hip hop. I thought you knew better than to say huh. anything. I was really doing this to clown Pete, and unknowingly, <laughs> I have found uh, an unknown ally of Dr. Peter Goldman. Sir, if you're listening, Pete, what's up? I'll see you on the match. You got to train again soon. Man. My arms hurt for a week from blocking your punches last time, but that's all right. Man, I'm just telling you, man. Yeah, Dr. Pete is, he is hard. I don't, I don't like when Pete even kicks me. Like, first of all, Pete has never really kicked me. Thankfully, I wouldn't. Sign but like up for when that. he does, like oh, like checking, kind of like it could be like this kind of kicks. I hate it. Remember we it did really that hurts. video that we were filming for the museum yeah, thing, and I had museum. to block them kicks. Man, I had four marbles on each yeah, forearm for like man. a week. And he hurts I know people. he wasn't trying to do it. I he know. was just doing it. It's ridiculous. Kyokushin is 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 effective. Yes, it is. Um, so now that we're gonna get rid of that blasphemy, okay. <laughs> First of all, I'm not gonna forget this Cool J thing getting beat up by Warren G. Thing that is gonna that is gonna come back sir. to haunt you. That's no, gonna sir. come back to haunt you. I will, I will bring that some guacamole to you. for the crow if I have to okay. eat it. I will remember, fess up to it. Remember that. Remember that. Now, um, who do you think won between Ice Cube and NWA? Ice Cube, man. He no really Vaseline. gave like no one like NWA really didn't have a chance, bro. Even they said, even they knew that like Yellow's like, yeah, we knew he got us. No Vaseline. That was unbelievable. It's kind of like somebody insulting your mom's and then proving that everything he said was true. I mean, Dude, it was horrible. No Vaseline bro. was brutal. It was horrible. He told Ren, I remember when you drove a B210, bro. First of all, I used to see MC Ren at Liberty Park in Long Beach playing basketball. Right. Yes. He was not having a B10 back then. He had a Benz. Wow. But the fact that he brought up a B210. And just gave it to him For those of you who don't know what a Datsun is, look it up. up, Look up a Datsun B210. (laughs) He really really disrespected his whole life. In that right there. <laughs> and shout out to MC Ren because every once in a while he does like the Bishop Chronicles uh, IGs, you know what I'm saying? So we got love for Ren out here. What up, just, Ren? Just so What's we know. Good? Just so you we're clear about that. Don't take I, I love the villain in black. You know what hey, I'm saying? I love the villain in black. He brought the world the CPO Ballad of a Menace. So he I mean, did. He, yes. The crap of the Capital Punishment Organization. Little Nation's one of my all time favorites. Ballad of a Menace. Y'all youngers, check it out. You know what's funny? I just saw literally. Thursday, I taught a class on hip-hop and, and nonviolence, and we were talking about uh, 
uh, stop the violence versus um, self destruction. Uh, uh, you, you know, yeah, well, self destruction versus we're all in the same gang. And what I didn't notice until we played that video is that there's a guy playing playing basketball with his little brother, yes. and he had a CPO T shirt on. See what I'm saying? I was like, what? That was in? sick, bro. I was like, all right, MC Rand is in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Always. That was dope. Okay, so we agree on that. <clears throat> um, yes. What other wax battles? From the way back, I'm trying to think of another wax battle. Wax battles, um, you know, it's kind of funny because it wasn't real popular, but it was just an interesting concept when they had the Crips and the Bloods banging on wax. See, I never listened to any of those. I literally never heard one of them. Like I remember they existed, but I didn't. Yeah, literally speaking. No one's gonna get their draws and they're not about it, but just the yeah. idea that they had Crips and it was a good idea. Each other, yeah, yeah, that especially was a good idea. man, this was in the late eighties, eighties, nineties. Dude, I'm telling you, there was a point in time where I went to more funerals and weddings and yeah. birthday parties. It was yeah, real, it was like, grimy, I'm especially never, in San Diego and LA. Yeah, and see, San Diego's mostly all Bloods, LA's mostly all Crips. I remember walking with my boy down the street in Downey, California, a nothing suburb. Downey is like a straight suburb for real, yeah, for real. If, like, you're in, if you look up Downey homes right now, I bet they all go for a mill at least. Probably now, yeah. yeah. And my boy, we walked past a pawn shop and he showed me an AK-47 for 200 bucks. Wow. I'm thinking, wait a minute, why are Russian assault weapons in our neighborhood yeah, for, on bro, the cheap? Like, hella... Who's giving out bargains on automatic weaponry? Yeah. And then we know how that turned out. Yeah, so, that's yeah, crazy. It was a... Uh, it was, yeah, so the banging on wax concept was real because I remember that's when um, Colors came out. Mm-hmm. And there was all those gang fights because opposing gangs went to go see the movie and there yeah. were shootouts. And, that was crazy. You know, and then the ignorant part is when they made straight out of Compton, they're like, we hired extra security. And I'm like, why? The people that were original fans in their 40s and 50s, son, you need to be worried about them bringing their own food into the theater, which I did, sir. That's I went hilarious. to a taco shop and brought my own food to go see him straight out of Compton. That's crazy. Yes. Had the whole place smell like, <laughs> like tacos. That's hella funny. <laughs> Cost me. That sounds like you. I, I, Cost- can, I can see you doing that. Dude, I walked in there with the burrito in my bag and the horchata in my hand. So for nine whole dollars, I was full. I heard that. So... <laughs> I need one of those right now. Hey, you know. So tell me, tell me what battle rappers, straight battle rappers you liked back in the day and tell me the battle rappers you like now. Back in the day, man, it was weird because even though I listen to all sorts of hip hop, but remember back then though, anybody could battle. Like the one thing in common, if you are hardcore or heavy D is that they could battle. Like, it's true. A lot of people for were, people that were, don't were think that Heavy D, may he rest in all the peace, yeah. couldn't battle. Listen to Roll with the Flavor with the Flavor Unit. Yeah, listen he, he to had his, skills. Yeah, he definitely had skills. Listen to the battle rap in um, House Party with Kid and Play. Yeah, I mean, even if you were a party good time or kind old of school, guy, Uptown's kicking it. Yep, he did good in Uptown's yep. kicking it. The the cipher was always the the middle of it. So I was so just glad to be listening to hip hop overall. I didn't really have a favorite battle rapper back in the day. I used to love the, you know, the the Carrots one and the MC Shan thing. Cause I just thought that was super interesting. Carrots really killed Shan. He and really the whole did. Queens, he hurt Queens <clears throat> for years, actually. Yeah. He hurt Queens until Nas, arguably. He, yep. He he treated Shan like New Yorkers treat people from New Jersey. It was bad. Yeah, like, it was bad. It was bad. So. There was that. Yeah, it was. That was tough. Yeah, it was rough to watch because then. After that, you couldn't really, like I said, well, maybe not, I, let's see, maybe not as far as Nas, but maybe at least as far as EPMD. 
Because they're, they're from, from Long Island. That's true. That's true. They're from Long Island. They're from so. Long Island. Like, not, um, I'll say Cool G Rap. Yes. Underappreciated. Yeah. Cool G Rap. Uh, if you bro. never heard Road to the Riches or Men Streets at Work. Streets of New York. Streets of New York, that saxophone is ridiculous. Um, it's a hell of a story rap. That's dude, one of the best story raps ever. The Ill Street Blues might be the most ridiculous thing of all time. Yeah. He said, tell me the evil that men do. Hell is where the men go. I tossed him by his hands and feet and threw him out the window. He said, up, 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 and away. He quoted old Superman stuff, because I don't play clown. Buck, 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 take that with you on the way down. Dude, he How do you throw someone out the window and decide and they're not dying fast clap enough? Clap them in midair, Shoot bro. them on the way down. I'm hoping you have wings or springs on your shoes, but you lose, because I got the Ill Street Blues. That is ridiculous, dude. That is... There was, there was a rap that I don't remember. It's, it's on that Wanted Dead or Alive. And I was a big fan of Terminator. And then he said, some something, something, you're a goner. I'm a Terminator of data and your rhymes are Sarah Connor. And yes. I was like, yikes. I was like, <laughs> E-gad, sir. E-gad. <laughs> like, this fool is sick right this here. This is a different animal. I was like, yo. Like, yeah. you know, because there was every once in a while, like, you would listen to somebody be like, I wonder if I could write something better than that. You knew you, you would not. not be writing anything better not. than that, bro. You were not going to be writing anything better. Um, that's and, hilarious. And the battle rap world is just getting better. So who do you like right now? Let's talk about Bruh. battle rappers that you're okay. right now. I got about five top ones. Daylight. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen Daylight, you guys are tripping. If you've never seen Daylight, listen to his battle versus Averb or Charlie Clips or Thesaurus. Thesaurus has always been a savage. Thesaurus is another one, dude. He... I used to follow that scene a little bit, but I'm like really out of the mix. Dude. The people that I used to like... Uh, and I don't even know if they do anything anymore. Is Iron Solomon was yes, a savage. Dude, dude. Iron Solomon was dude, destroying people's watch lives. Watch Iron Solomon versus the Disaster Battle. Okay, Disaster is one of my boys. Okay, um, Iron Solomon. I liked Math. Math. Math was sad. Math Hoffa. He Math. devastated. Disaster busted him in the chops though when they fought. Yeah, did yeah, he? yeah. They got into a fight. They were talking trash, and uh, Math was like, "I dare you to hit me." He's like, "Don't dare me, bro. Don't hit me, bro." Sock math in the face fight broke out. Wow, it was bad. Because math socked that other dude. Hell yeah, years ago. that's what I'm he, saying. That's how he got famous. Yes, and, yeah. then, and then he took one. So yeah. disaster, daylight, the source, immaculate, immaculate was always dope. I saw him. Uh, <laughs> I love my homeboy. I'm not gonna say his name right now. Yeah. I saw right, you talking about this. I saw immaculate roast one of my homies one time, and it was hard. He has one of the roughest. He said, I'm on that Kill Bill-ish. You think I'm falling for your corny player combo? I put your DNA on display like the Mori talk show with a blade that was made by Hattori Hanzo. Oh, my God. Jesus, yeah. That That's against, out of control. Yes. He said that against Bender. May he rest wow. in peace. Bender, Bender was a... He died like 40, man. Bender. Really? Yeah. What happened? I don't know, but uh, Conceited cracks yeah. me up, dude. He slow it down. I just dissed you. Uh, Sue Surf. Like, there's about six or seven guys. Yeah. Uh, QP. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not clean paper. Not that one. The one from uh, Innuendo. Him and Fresco. Yeah. Watch the QP versus Fresco battle, and you will become a different human. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. So, uh, yo, pay attention, y'all, because, like, real hip-hop is really about the battle, and I'm yes. out the loop. So, I plan to go look up all of this. Oops. And that's why I love martial arts. I love that, 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 uh, that fiery edge. And you know what? I'll tell you. Not to cut you off, bro. No, I sorry. just, it just, I just remembered this. One time, there was a cipher at the very first HHCF event that RZA came to. Was at the Boys and Girls Club in 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 in, in San Francisco, 
and there was like a small cipher and Rugged Monk was in the cipher and RZA was in the cipher and there was this other dude in the cipher. Rugged Monk is underappreciated. He's totally underappreciated. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Rugged Monk. Shout out to whole Watts set. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in Watts was happening. Uh, yeah, Rugged Monk was happening. Rugged Monk is always touring Latin America so I've like not seen this dude in forever. Yeah. Monk, when you get back, man, to, to the West Coast, hit me up, man. I'll come down, you come up. We need to kick it. Um, and so... What was my point? Oh, this dude got in, and he wasn't really giving it to Monk, but he was trying to give it to Monk. And then, like, RZA got in, the cypher, bro. <laughs> and gave it to him. When RZA was done with that cypher, everyone was like, and I'm done rapping. And like, I'm it finished. didn't even matter what you thought you were fixing to do. RZA shut that whole cypher down is what I'm trying to I'm tell I'm telling you. people just... I got that video somewhere. I just need to find it. I think it's like an unlisted video somewhere. Let me look, y'all. Everyone needs to listen to... Daylight versus Thesaurus, mm-hmm. Immaculate versus Bender, and QP versus Fresco. They're on the same crew yeah. in your window, and they battled yeah, yeah. each other. QP said, I know there's two versions. The goon lurking, Mr. Super Soko, with the tool squirting. He said, then it's you, the real you, that likes kayaking and nude surfing. So when I wrote him in the crew... Was Took felt like a new person. He said, get it? Road team in the crew felt like canoe person. I'm like, jeez. I was like, that is dirty. Yeah, there's a lot of creativity in battle rap that you can't get from like records, nah, bro. Nah, because people wouldn't get it. Yeah, they wouldn't get it. So, yeah. yo, man, thank you for coming on Bishop Chronicles. How can people get no a hold doubt. of you if they want to hit you up? Man, they can check me out at martialartsoakland.com. Martial I'm on Twitter under Thomas Kimpo Karate. I'm on Instagram under Thomas Kempo Karate. I would give people my phone number, sir. Just give text that number. Don't be getting out. all stupid. Area code 925-918-2457. Repeat that one time. Repeat that one more time. One more time. Area code 925-918-2457. If you have any questions about anything, you can ask me. If you want me to host your self-defense seminars, psychology of fighting, personal training, whatever it is you do, I'm in there. Yo, look him up. Look him up. So there it is. That's the Bishop Chronicles. What Much up? love. World, Worldwide West Side. All day, every day. This is Bishop Chronicles. This is Farside TV. You are listening to the Black Dragon of the West Side. You are listening to the South Bay Shogun. There's only one person who puts vibranium in your cranium, and you know that's me, dog. That's me. All right? Adisa Banjoko. This man is loco. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about the Black Cortez killer. You know what I'm saying? Wow, you still be talking. We're talking about the the Black Essay. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) And it may not be. I'm going to let you finish the narrative. The first time you said it, I was with you, so I'm dying. you to say it like i just want to say that people are here and i'm going to say before anybody starts trying to claim that they were there first right we were in a random conversation yeah when he hit when he hit me with this wisdom (laughs) hit me with it which one i don't even know we may not be the best thing but it show enough is the the west thing thing. thank you very much you know what we were we were at a burrito shop in hayward uh on tennyson we were at a burrito shop in hayward on tennyson yep yeah yeah that's right yeah I'm good. I have nothing else to talk about. All right. So we're up out of here. Get involved. Holla at a scholar. You know how we do Worldwide West Side. And we gone. Peace. (laughs) Teacher, what style is that? Don't think. Don't think. You are now listening to the Bishop Proper.